The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. They're not the good guys. They're not the bad guys. They're the other guys. Wait, wait, wait. Who the heck are these guys? This is the Finishing Move, the Other Guys podcast with your hosts, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Finishing Move intern, David Holloway. They're breaking down all the latest in professional wrestling, and they're not just covering the big guys. They're covering the other guys, too. It's the Finishing Move, the Other Guys podcast, and it begins now. Again, though, who the heck are these guys? Hey, wrestling fans, nerds, smarts, and marks all around the Finishing Move universe. Yes, I said universe, because if WWE can have one, so can we. This is the Other Guys podcast back. Yes, they've allowed us to continue to do the show. I'm shocked every time I get to sit down and do this. I am the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell. I'm joined by my co-host, he is the intern to the finishing move. He is the NXT expert of the show. It's David Holloway, and we got a big show coming up this weekend. It's Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, their version of WrestleMania, and you've got some interesting matches here. So let's get right into it. Let's not beat around the bush right off the bat. The main event, I assume it's the main event, the Impact World Championship is on the line. The crazy man. The psychopath, well, I don't even... He's Understatement got, of the year, just uh, saying. Yeah, he's, and there's a nickname there for him in in uh, Impact Wrestling right now, but I, I'm blanking on it, but it's Eric Young. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, he is the Impact World Champion. He took it from Eddie Edwards a few months ago. He's got Rich Swan as his challenger. A lot of fans who were watching 205 Live a few years ago when he won on the debut edition, won the Cruiserweight title, I don't know that they would have expected... To hear Rich Swan was main eventing a Bound for Glory just a few years later, but here we are. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting feud because the storyline here was phenomenally told. Eddie, like he's been craving for a chance at this title, and Eric Young's got it, and he's been getting this crap kicked out of him for weeks and weeks and weeks. Finally, got his just due this past week on Impact. He's finally got his got his own back. It's looking like he might be able to do a lot better than he than people thought he would. But the one thing I do see here, I think Eric Young should win, but I think it should be of a referee stoppage because Eric Young has been, I think Eric Young has been a very aggressive competitor. That's his style. Rich Swan is definitely that dig deep kind of baby face, the underdog kind of baby face. But I don't think it's time to put the title on him just yet because Eric Young is just building. He just got the title. He's doing a great job as a heel. And I think the best way to do this is to have Rich Swan lose by referee stoppage just because it still makes him look strong. It doesn't make him look weak by taking a pinfall or submitting. I just think that's the only way to go about it just to make Rich Swan look strong going into the next pay-per-view and maybe put the title on him then. I just don't think now's the time just yet. Wonder when the next pay-per-view will actually be. You never know with Impact Wrestling. Uh, we've <laughs> often said over the years that 
boy, their their pay-per-view title from earlier this year, Hard to Kill, is pretty much a true statement because sometimes people are like, are they still in existence? They're how, like cockroaches, man. They just they stay still, around. They really do. And especially considering that when all the other, when ROH and MLW and NWA all went on hiatus during COVID because, look, there's no way we can make the money. Uh, there's no way we can operate and safely right now and still put a product out there for the fans and it actually worked for us as a company during these COVID times. So we're going on hiatus. Impact Wrestling just said, all right, we're going to go do a, uh, find a studio in Nashville and do a closed set with no fans at all and do a show. How in the world they're paying the talent? I, that's beyond me. I don't know how Anthem Media has that kind of money because I know Impact wasn't making money pre. There's no way they were making money pre. No. Your pandemic. They can and barely the, get a TV deal eventually. Like, yeah, well, with, the only their TV deal is because they're owned by Anthem, who owns, owns Access TV. They had, who was their last TV provider? Because I remember there was like a contract dispute or something out there. Well, it was, the, um, there was. They back were, when Dixie Carter was around, there was a time where they struggled to get a TV well, deal. Well, they were somebody. on Spike TV for the Spike longest TV, time. Yeah. That was the main one. That was now the Paramount Network. Right. Then they, they eventually left uh, Spike TV. They were on uh, Destination Now for a year. That didn't work out. Then they ended up on Pop TV. That was their home for a good while until they uh, got transitioned. I think it's the same same company of, of stations, but transitioned them from Pop TV to, I think, Pursuit, which good luck finding Pursuit. Yeah. I mean, at that point, that's when I discovered Twitch as their where their show was at because I didn't have Pursuit. I didn't have access to Pursuit. I found out, hey, they're on Twitch. Oh, cool. I can stream that on my device or my Roku or my Fire Stick. Oh, cool. I'm going to watch it that way. The only, the only <laughs> drawback to that is... No commercials on Twitch. So during the commercial breaks, you just you, see like this awkward, like, you know, move like these slow paces, uh, long holds or whatever. Well, no, like, what you get is, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Brian Cage's wife, um, oh. Melissa Santos. Right. Who used to be the ring announcer for Lucha Underground. That's right. Uh, she's been kind of a uh, kind of a social media kind of correspondent for Impact ever since Brian Cage came there. Uh, she does a uh, kind of a, a watch-along thing during the commercial break. So it goes live to her sitting at her house on her computer. Huh. And I'm going to tell you, after the first break, you get a little annoyed by after a minute. So if you mute the TV in between commercial breaks, it's not so bad. But you can find Impact Wrestling. They're on Access TV. They're on Twitch. There it is. But Erica and, yeah, and Rich Swan, it's been a great feud. I, I said it uh, on t- Twitter a few weeks ago. You can follow me at Bearded Colwell. You can also follow my partner here at intern david 680 or the show at russell extra uh and rich swan i I said the promo he did when he basically bagged uh scott demore for his title shot against eric young was some of the most believable uh just as a believable promo it's like some of those believable content i've seen in a long time and it's comparable to what cody rhodes does in aew i mean every time cody rhodes is doing a promo about who he's facing I absolutely believe him because in his mind he believes it. He has he has worked himself into a point where he believes what he's saying, and that's what makes it work. And I believe that's what Rich Swan was doing in that promo there. And it's just been a good build, man. Eric Young has beat the crap out of Rich Swan. He's had put him on the shelf storyline wise, and uh, you know now we've got this match where it's the big blow off. Um, I'm kind of with you. I, I think it might be too early to take the belt off of Eric Young, but I also don't know. You'd have to continue the feud somehow because I don't know who else you would bring up to face Eric Young at this point unless you wanted to send Eddie Edwards back after him. I mean, you also got the possibility of one of the contenders in the Call Your Shot gauntlet that could step up. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I think Eric Young's probably going to walk away with this. Also, this could very well main event the show. 
uh, based on its placement on the actual TV show lately. It's been getting the main event spot just about every week, and it's the feud over the tag team titles in Impact, which we've talked about it, I think, in the past. That they might have one of the most deepest tag team divisions in like all of wrestling, and you look at AEW and look at what they have. But Impact has, I mean, you look at it. Right now, the champions, Motor City Machine Guns. Good to see them back together after all these years. The North held a stranglehold on the tag titles for over a year. That's Josh Alexander uh, and Ethan Page. The Good Brothers, Carl Anderson. Yes, too sweet. As uh, my partner holds up the too sweet. You kind of have to when you yeah, hear the Good Brothers, man. The Good Brothers, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Doc Gallows. I almost called him Luke. I might get sued. Doc Gallows, they're there. And you also got this new makeshift team of Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, which has I've been you know getting some steam. But you go to other teams that aren't even factored in this match, like the Radical, or not the Radicals, the Rascals. You've also got Triple XL. You've got some other teams that are still out there that aren't even in this match. So it's a really deep tag division. But this match right here, I think will most likely steal the show, and I'm most interested to see what happens because, honestly, I don't think you could go wrong with any of these guys winning the match. I still think that you need to keep the titles on the Machine Guns because they're one of the hotter tag teams right now. The North and the Machine Guns are kind of having their great little feud right there, especially since the Machine Guns ended that huge title reign they just had. So I think keep that going for a little bit. The Good Brothers and are a good addition. I love that addition because Gallows and Anderson, probably one of the best tag teams in the world. Back when they were part of the Bullet Club, and then when they went that had their stint in WWE, they got robbed down in there, down WWE with the, how they were treated was disgusting, especially when they had the little comedic stint they went when they split up with AJ oh, Styles. Oh, good doctor. Hey, doctor, how are you, doctor? I was. I'm from a family of doctors, man. That, I found that offensive. Just saying because that. And oh, I'll I will say this. I I don't mind having Dana Brooke with them though. But even though that she was going nowhere, that was nothing. But. Even so, anyway, back to the point. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton's a wild card here in my eyes. The, you just don't know because, like, I made this comparison off ca- off air a while back. Kind of like Finley and Hornswoggle in the way that Madman Fulton would do all the heavy lifting and Ace Austin would probably come in there and, and like, swipe the pin up from out of nowhere. I think, I think that's the one thing that you could do to make it interesting is just have Madman Fulton beat the living hell out of everybody. Ace Austin trying to get a sneaky pin, but... In the end, I think the machine guns are going to walk away. They're in zone casts. Ace Austin and Fit Madman Fulton. That's I think a better that's, comparison. Yeah, that's a good modern day because Hornswoggle and Finley is kind of a different. <laughs> but concepts uh, the same. Just so you know, I, know, I get yeah. your point. But the difference is Ace Austin can actually do something. Enzo could actually do something. Yeah, true. What is Hornswoggle? Well, what is Hornswoggle going to do? Believably, punch be, you in the nuts it'd and be run like away. Marco Stunt teaming up with Luchasaurus. Marco Stunt's not believable. He can I'm sorry. Move, he can still move a little bit. He, I mean, can, he's got, he's got, he can jump off the top rope onto somebody, but he actually executes a move on somebody, an actual hold. Like a, he's executed a Hurricane Rana plenty of times. How has he had the leg strength to actually do that? He still does it, man. I don't know. It's still Yeah, real. that's I mean, what I'm saying. It's unbelievable. It doesn't work. It, do- <laughs> it doesn't work for me, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> Calm down, Chris. You don't want you to get all worked up again. Yeah, I'm getting a little you fired up. watch that blood pressure, buddy. Hey, I really do. That's actually a thing. So anyway, <laughs> uh, for this match, you know what? You really can go anyway. And for Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, I think the key here is what's the long-term plan for these two? Are they meant to be a long-term team or is this a, a short-term thing? Because if it, it's meant to be a long-term thing, I think you put the belts on them because I think the win here would do great for them. Plus, you can then, they've already had beef with the Good Brothers. 
the other thing, too, with the guns is, you know, Alex Shelley, I don't know how long-term he signed for. Chris Saban is a part of the company. He's a producer, so he ain't going nowhere. But Alex Shelley is kind of a freelancer at this point. He might not be there for the long haul. That might be why the guns dropped the belts. But, you know, a feud with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton over the belts with the Good Brothers could be good stuff. I would love to see the Good Brothers and Motor City Machine Guns over the straps at some point. You can't go wrong either way here. I'm going to say here, though, I don't think the Good Brothers are going to win it. I think it's too early for them. I think Austin and Fulton are probably going to win just because they're the, like you said, they're the wild card, and they're the team that needs the establishing. Good Brothers, they got the name recognition. The North have been the champs forever. Motor City Machine Guns are the champs. Let's go new here with Austin and Fulton. Women's Championship match, Deanna Perrazzo, who... I know you're a big fan of hers because you saw her in NXT. Oh, she was great in NXT. I loved her little virtuosa. But, like, the thing with that, her in NXT, she never really got that exposure. She no. was just in there for squash matches, which is which is not that great, which is not what she deserves. She does, she's a very great technical wrestler. We've seen that multiple times. But you just keep feeding her to, like, the big guys and never really have her show what she can really do. I mean, she was in the Mae Young Classic, but she didn't really go very far, if I remember correctly. I think Deanna Perrazzo is one of the best technical women's wrestlers in the world, and we've seen it during this run as the title, as the champion. And I really love how seeing her her heel persona come out. She's doing a great job as a heel. Oh, I agree absolutely. And you know, you talked about her in NXT. She kind of was in that that mold that where Peyton Royce and and Billy Kay were for so long. Or like Chelsea Green is uh, before she teamed up Robert Stone. Chelsea Green was kind of in that stage as well in NXT too. Yeah, just where they were constantly sort of jobbing, not really doing anything. And then eventually, you know, the Iconics got their push uh, and they got to be Uh, a major part of NXT. Eventually those people break out on their own, like you saw with, well, maybe like Bronson Reed or Cameron Grimes. They kind of broke out of their jobbing days, and they kind of got their own little thing going. Deanna Peraza never really had that opportunity, but when she got to to Impact and took the knockouts belt, Mm -hmm. she really came came out. She really took advantage of that opportunity, and she's done phenomenally with it. I absolutely agree with you. Her opponent is the smiling Kylie Ray who many folks have compared to the old Bailey. That's where I that's the what I was going to go with that because that I see exactly that in Kylie Ray, especially in Bailey's NXT days when she was all the fangirl. And then she finally broke out against Sasha. This is the feud. I compare I compare this to Bailey and Sasha and Diana and Kylie Ray. I see kind of similarities in that feud because Sasha is the badass who's kind of making, forcing her to come out of her smiling and breaking out of that uh, good, goody, goody shell. Kylie Ray. We saw a lot on impact. Man, she got aggressive when she kept that whole that cross face on. Oh my god, dude. We that's a part of Kylie Ray we never really saw. But I'll tell you this. Kylie Ray, she's great, but I don't see her draw I don't see her taking the belt off Deanna. I think Deanna may hang on to it. I don't know. Deanna's held the belt for a while now. She she won the title at Slammiversary, but she was feuding with it for a, a good bit with the Jordan Grace. She's retained it against Jordan. She retained it against uh Susie. Uh, at the most recent show, the uh, Victory Road show on Impact Plus, and I don't know, I, I, it might be time. Kylie Ray's been around for a little bit in the company. It might be her time to shine. Uh, and I like that's a good comparison, though. The I almost would say more, maybe less Sasha and more Charlotte. I, I see more Charlotte and Diana than I do Sasha, and just the yeah. attitude. She's got that whole "I'm better than you" thing that Charlotte always has. Right. And Charlotte's or- a good technical wrestler too, so it kind of. But I, I see your point. It's the bringing bringing Kylie Ray into her, uh, bringing that that mean side out of her a little bit. And she has to be aggressive. That Bailey was missing for all that time in NXT. That finally came out when she 
conquered Sasha for the title in one of, I still think, the best NXT oh, match ever. Yes, yes, it was. And plus the storyline. Brooklyn. And also the one takeover respect afterwards when oh, she had Iron that Man Iron match. Woman at the first ever Iron Woman match. That was the storyline in there was just phenomenal. Like having Sasha get in Izzy's face. And by the way, I don't know if you know this. Izzy's kind of in the independent scene right now. I saw that. She's yeah. been like floating around the independent scene. I think she may eventually find her way into like one of these companies eventually when she gets older. Because I think she's probably what what fifteen now or something like that. I know. I've seen like she's. You can follow her. She's got her Twitter account. She and you a, see stuff where she's training. Have you seen her as a heel though? As I, a heel? Yeah, she was a heel for a bit. Like I see some clips on YouTube or something. Go look it up because she's got like a heel persona. She's out there with a val. She's valet for somebody, and she's a heel. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Now, no, how long? Is, how long is like? How recently did you see this? This is. I think I saw it maybe about a, maybe two years ago. I was gonna say, as big of a Bailey fan as she was, it would be hilarious if she started turning heel right at the same time Bailey did. It was like it was. About two, I think it was about <laughs> two years ago. But man, I tell you what, she was like insulting the crowd and all that. Like she was like, it was, this was like one of those backyard wrestling events, like those outdoor wrestling events, but. Yeah, I mean, there's this other part where she took That's a, a smart fan base. I'll tell you what, she took a powerbomb at one point. I'm like, what the hell? Like, when she, like, I've never seen this clip of her. She, like, took some sort of, like, I think it was a powerbomb or something, but, and she won a title off some guy or so, in, like, a, in, like, a school gym or something back, like, a few years ago. I mean, I, look it up on YouTube. I swear, you're going to be shocked. It's I don't hilarious. know. You're talking about school gyms, backyard wrestling and stuff. I don't know if I even want to find this, but I, I'll it's, just, it's fun to see, though. I mean, I swear, it's so entertaining. I'm like, wow, to think this is the same little girl who has that Bailey super Right, fan. right, yeah. The, the I, think she's actually going into wrestling now is something that I really enjoyed seeing. But yeah. anyway, back to this. Um, just Yana Peraza, yeah. I mean, you can also say Alexa Bliss, too, because when Alexa feuded with Bailey. She kind oh. of well, that was a bad as bad of a feud it was. That Alexa, killed Bailey. It did. Totally it killed, killed her like on the main roster. Just, what you could tell though, like you looked into Bailey's eyes, she was dying inside. She's like, really, this is how you're. Gonna? But anyway, the way Alexa kind of went after Bailey, kind of forced that mean streak out of her. You could kind of see that a little bit too. But what I can really see Deanna doing is saying, "Look, Kylie, look what I did for you. Look how great you are now that I've done this for you." Like she can take credit for that. I think that that's the Charlotte esque attitude that you brought up earlier. That is definitely something Deanna could do in this feud. Could happen. We'll see what happens in that match. Uh, you've got you've got Perazzo winning. I've got Kylie Ray winning. Next match, the last title match on the show, is the X Division Championship. It's not an Ultimate X like they like to do every year at Bound for Glory. It's a six-way scramble match, which if you remember the scramble matches from Unforgiven, WWE, Unforgiven un- 2008, if I remember yep, correctly. Yep, they had three of them on the show. I think they may have had one more years later. You don't I don't think, they, I don't think they ever did that again. I, I, I think say it was that, just that one time. I want to say they did an ECW title. Again, that's why you don't remember it because it was an ECW yeah. title match. <laughs> well, that, yeah, good point. The concept of the match is interesting. It's kind of like an Iron Man match with multiple people, right. but you have a time limit on how many how many pinfalls you get. I think it's interesting to have six people in an X-Division match, which I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I, I'm a huge – I've been a TNA fan – Pretty much since the beginning, I loved the X Division for years. But I look at the roster now, and I wonder, what's the difference between the X Division and the Heavyweight Division? Right. I'm sorry, the World Title Division, because it really isn't. Rich Swan is a cruiserweight. Eric Young at one point was an X Division champion. Eddie Edwards has been an X Division champion. You look at the Tessa Blanchard was in the X Division title match last year at Bound for Glory before she eventually won the World Title. Brian Cage was an X-Division champion. 
what is the X title their mid card title or is it the? Uh, it used to be it wasn't the mid card title. It was it was their version of the cruiserweight title, but they right. didn't want to define it as a cruiserweight. It was X because there are no limits. That's how Samoa Joe got to be a part of the division, and it wasn't necessarily. I've heard, you know, I don't. We always plug end up plugging podcasts on the main show, but if you ever listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast at their eighty three weeks, um, you know they've done some TNA talk over the years. This time in TNA, and he talked about how he didn't get what the X division was like. What is it like? What? Why is it? What? What's the point of it? And he never, you know, they would say, well, it's different. It's about no limits, and he didn't. He didn't understand that what the X division was was a difference in style of competition. It wasn't that the guys had to be 200 pounds or less. It was about the fact that these guys wrestled an independent wrestling style, whereas the main, the heavyweight title, the world title, was more of a traditional wrestling style. That was the difference. But the thing now is, it's one and the same. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, though. I do like the scramble style. I love that idea of a match where the title could change hands and you get a pinfall submission, anything like that. And then when, like, at the end of the time, you can just, like, get a bull crap pin and just walk away as a champion right as time expired. I thought that was a very fun concept. And when WWE did it back in 2008, I was a big fan of it. And I'm kind of disappointed they never really did it again, as far as I know, because I don't remember when you said they did it for the ECW title. I don't remember, but... I wish they, I wish they would have. I wish they would have brought it back. I, I want to say it's when Tommy Dreamer actually won the ECW title for yeah, a split second. Yeah, I that mean, was like, oh nine, ten. Yeah, that, that sounds about part. right. But yeah, I wish they would have brought it back more. And I like the fact that that uh, Impact is doing it. But I'll tell you this: my wild card pick in this one, TJP. I like. I mean, he's just a big a name that everybody re- recognizes. But man, I'll tell you what. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing him pick up a belt in Impact. He's he's a very talented kid. Um, but he hasn't really back when he was in WWE as a cruiserweight as the first ever cruiserweight champion. He was kind of thrown. He was kind of tossed aside when he dropped the title to Rich Swan. He never really got to do very much because they had no idea what to do with him. And he complained about it too. He's been very public about his opinion on that. And that's pretty much why he demanded to be released because what are you guys doing with me? If you guys aren't going to use me properly, what the hell am I here for? But I think TJP is a wild card. I don't think he's going to take the match. But I wouldn't be surprised to see TJP take the belt, but I don't think it's going to happen. He's just one name that really sticks out to me. Well, he's definitely been in the picture for a good bit now. Rohit Raju, the cruiserweight current, cruiserweight, X Division champion. I just saw the C that I have listed on my paper here for champion and said cruiserweight. Well, I mean, why not? It's supposed to be their cruiserweight. You know what? Uh, To my rant a minute ago, it's kind of like the cruiserweight title being in NXT. Let's be honest. Most of the NXT wrestlers are cruiserweights. What's the point of the cruiserweight title? Exactly. In you've, NXT? you've been very adamant about this, and I agree with you. What's at this point in time? What's the point of the X division when most of the wrestlers for for the world title in T and or in Impact Wrestling are X division style wrestlers? Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that one off. I definitely don't think Ruhit's gonna retain the title here. I think they've been doing the chicken cowardly heel with him for a little bit since he's been champion. He stole the title from Chris Bay. Who's really good? He's a talented wrestler. Uh, I don't think they'll go back to him yet. I don't think they're gonna go Willie Mack because he's held the title. Here's the name that interests me because it feels like I'm caught up in a deja vu style dream here. Jordan Grace, the former TNA knockout or Impact Wrestling knockout. I forgot. I called the title wrong. It's Impact Knockouts title, not the right. winner's title. That's a name that needs to change, by the way. Well, what are we call still calling him knockouts? It's like calling it the Divas Championship. Exactly. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, we seriously, that does need to change. Maybe I'm helping them usher in the, the new name for the title. Either way, 
Jordan Grace, the former Impact Knockouts champion who just lost her title to Deanna Perrazzo back at Slammiversary. She's the sixth person in this match. Last year at Bound for Glory, Tessa Blanchard was in the, I think it was, I don't know if it was, ex, I don't think it was the She was heavyweight X. champion, I think, wasn't she? She became heavyweight champion, but at the time, she was competing. She was working her way into competing against guys. She right. had a feud with Sammy, uh, Sammy Callahan. Callahan yeah. Leading into Bound for Glory, she was in the, I think it was a ladder match for the X Division title uh, that uh, Rich Swan ended up winning. But that was her first title shot for a male, pretty much male-dominated title which led to eventually her getting a title shot at Sammy Callahan later on, actually beginning of this year, January, when she won the title. Now Jordan Grace has lost the knockouts title. Tessa Blanchard last year lost the knockouts title to uh, Taya Valkyrie and then went on to win the world title in the company about a year later. Jordan Grace, now she's competing for a male title after losing the knockouts title. Are they going to make Jordan Grace their new Tessa Blanchard? That'd be interesting to see because man, TN, uh, Impact has really been about pushing women to get men's titles, like women intergender wrestling. How do you and feel about that? I'm a little mixed, honestly, because uh, I mean, like, I'm all for a women, all power to women for going after it, but at the same time, what's the point? I mean, why? Just like, what good does it do? I mean, like, also, it kind of diminishes the value of the male wrestlers in general, in my opinion. Honestly, I kind of see that. I kind of see it that way because. I you agree know, with just, that to agree. Yeah, to, to, agree to an too. extent, it just kind of yeah. it kind of diminishes their value a little bit. I mean, like it's just what's like I said, what's the point of it? Yeah, no. Well, here's here's my argument against it. I I don't think it's a good idea, especially I really didn't think it was a good idea with Tessa because I mean, at what point you know Tessa had to beat Brian Cage to get the title shot to begin with. Who's going to believe that Tessa Blanchard is going to beat jacked up Brian Cage? Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Why? There's a lack of just, a believability factor here. I mean, it kind of seemed more like Brian Cage would get arrested for freaking domestic abuse for well, being, uh, like, on that kind of thing. And there, right there, uh, lies my issue, main issue with this. It's a believability issue, but it's also the fact that, yes, okay, women's rights, by all means, you know, I love the the women's revolution and the evolution in WWE and what it's become. You know, the, the main event of WrestleMania getting to feature women, I was all for that. I think it should happen in the future. I love it. But when you start having intergender matches, this isn't like normal sport competition. This isn't like Maya Moore going up against LeBron James in basketball. This isn't... You know, Jenny Finch pitching to, you know, Barry Bonds or King Griffey Jr. or somebody in baseball, softball, whatever. No, there's professional wrestling involves heavy physicality, which involves kicking, punching, forearms, slapping. Yes. Which dropping on your head, slamming you on your back, body slamming. I mean, well, see, if all you were telling me, if this was amateur wrestling and all you were going to do is wrestle, that's different. It's totally, there's a reason why we've never seen. We didn't see Ronda Rousey fight Conor McGregor in UFC. It gives a bad image to me because, you know, you've got whether you want to, you know, Impact's definitely geared towards people our age. There's definitely more of a mature audience with the storylines that they've done. But still, at the end of the day, you're still a wrestling product that are going to have some kids that are going to enjoy your product. That's bottom line. AEW is going to have that, whether they want to go to that 18 to 20 or 18 to what is it? 49 demo that they're all worried about. Yeah. That made Jericho say he was the demo Demo, God, which he is not going to lie. He is. Yeah, absolutely. It's well-earned, but you know, at the end of the day, you're still going to, you're not putting a good, 
it's just not putting out a good image when you, you know, I know it's competition. Yeah. And you sometimes see it in movies. You saw, you know, like the Marvel movies, Black Widow was fighting with guys all the time. But the point is, you don't want to be promoting a product where you're seeing whether it's meant to be that way, guys beating up on women. It's like just see, not a good like image. Like Sammy Callahan powered, pile driving Katie Forbes' head into the mat. Like you, and she That just, wasn't good either. No, I mean, like, um, it's just uncomfortable to watch. You know, you just, you see this this gorgeous woman getting the snot kicked out of her by this big, much bigger guy. I mean, like, what are you supposed to think there? Yeah, no, well, and it goes back even to the Attitude Era. The Dudley Boys power bombing women on, through tables. I mean, that was accepted back in the day, but... It's just, these are different times. And I'll tell you right now, I was a teenager watching that stuff, and I don't think it registered on my head, in my mind at the time, what, you know, what that really was. You know, and now that I'm older and I get things a lot and more with it in the world, it's like, you know, that was, that was very violent towards a woman, whether she was heel or not. Even on you deep down party, you might have wanted that to happen. It's like, you can't do that. That's just not appropriate. It's just wrong. Yeah, I totally agree there. So, now let's go on to my match of the night, the one I'm looking forward to the most, EC3 versus Moose. This is the one I've been having my eye on the whole time because I, as big as a fan I am of EC3, this feud with Moose has been great because like Moose self-proclaiming himself as the TNA World Heavyweight Champion and EC3 comes back and he steals it and then they're just like on this back and forth. This could be an undisclosed location and I think that just adds to the intrigue. This whole... This whole match, this whole feud itself has been intriguing to me. It's really caught my eye, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. I think EC3 takes this one. Well, EC3 is not signed to the company. Uh, he's kind of a, doing his own thing right now. He's also been apparently he's signed to do some stuff with the Ring of Honor. So whether or not you want to put EC3 over here, I don't know. But I'm with you. The undisclosed location thing, it's obviously going to be a cinematic-style match. You've got a card full of matches, which you've got, I think, one, two, three, four, five, seven total. Um, and they're all going to be in an empty arena. You need something, just like WrestleMania needed the Boneyard match, just like it needed <laughs> the Firefly Funhouse match. I like that, man. I that felt- was a bad trip. I thought That's what that yeah, felt like. Exactly. It, it felt like you trip. just took some mushrooms and you're like, what the yeah, hell did I just... Yeah. I, I think Titus O'Neil said it best, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. But uh, I thought it was great. I loved it. It was like, it's it was, like, what did I just watch? But that was awesome. It was a train wreck that you couldn't take your eyes off. But at the end of it, you were kind of like, okay, well, what, what exactly happened? Like, you didn't feel like there was an actual, like, The Fiend really... I mean, it really wasn't an actual match, but, but it was still awesome to watch right. in my eyes. Well, it, my point, my problem was it was that Bray didn't. Did he really beat John Cena? I mean, like with the Boneyard match, guess what? Undertaker definitely beat AJ Styles. There I was mean, no doubt the, about the that. The idea was that Bray finally got his over on John Cena because he they screwed him over back in WrestleMania 30. Right, he finally got his right, own back. So I think right. that's what did it. For, that's why I thought it was so great. Well, it was an entertaining thing either way. But they used those both of those on each night of WrestleMania to break up the monotony of the fact that you had empty arena matches for the whole card. That's what this is going to do for for impact for Bound for Glory, and that's that'll break it up. It'll probably be in the middle of the show. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's a good idea. I think it's going to be entertaining. It's been an interesting storyline. Moose been calling himself the quote unquote TNA World Heavyweight Champion, even on the TNA name has been dead for about four years now. It was all part of a storyline when they were supposed to do the TNA wrestling show uh, that was going to be, I think, WrestleMania weekend that never happened, obviously because of COVID. Um, 
and he actually on our podcast, the finishing move, the Dart Magic podcast, when he, me and Big John interviewed him early in the year, Moose kind of started teasing that he was going to do this by claiming that he was had been world champion before, even though he had never. And there was the belt. So it's been fun to see EC3 kind of play the mind games with Moose. I'll be really interested to see what they do, what this undisclosed location is, what the result of it is, and it's been a good mind game storyline, so we'll see what happens. All right, now let's go on to the grudge match. Eddie Edwards and the most dangerous man in the world, Ken Shamrock. What are your thoughts on this one, Chris? Oh, man, let me tell you. Why is Ken Shamrock still wrestling? He's old, man. He's got, a, I don't know he's how he's in is. great shape. Oh, he's fantastic shape, but I mean, like, just I mean, like, he had a great run in WWE and or also WWF, I guess, is what it was back then. But yeah, yeah. Ken Shamrock, man, with Sammy Callahan's kind of intriguing, though. That's the wild card there. I think Sammy Callahan gets involved somehow, some way, and I think Ken Shamrock kind of walks away with this one. Well, here's my issue. Sammy Callahan's involved in the match. He's with, he's he's seconding Ken Shamrock because he's behind Shamrock's heel turn here going after Eddie Edwards. How is Sammy Callahan not on the card wrestling? He's one of your best performers. He's a great character. Puts on great matches. I have no idea why he's not actually wrestling on this card Unless he's going to be an entrant into the final match of the night, which we'll get to in just a second. But uh, I'll be interested to see what happens here. Eddie Edwards is great. He can make Ken Shamrock look good. Uh, Ken Shamrock is supposed to be going into the TNA or the, sorry, the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, too. As he should. As he should. Apparently going to be inducted by some way, shape, or form by The Rock, which I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Because uh, I'm pretty sure The Rock somehow still signed to WWE. But okay, whatever works there. But uh, we'll see what happens. The final match, the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. They did it last year. All right. I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember who won that match, but basically it is a version of the Royal Rumble, but it ends in a gauntlet style match because it starts out two guys start or two. There's women in this match too. Two people start every, you know, couple minutes. Somebody else comes out. When you get to the final two, it's not elimination over the rope. It's a pinfall submission type situation. Currently there's injured. Heath, Rhino, Hernandez, AC Romero, Larry D, Tanel Deshwood, the former Emma of WWE, Taya Valkyrie, Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins, Tommy Dreamer, Havoc, more to come. The stipulation here, this match has been kind of uh, previewed or booked or uh, built towards with the storyline of Heath trying to actually get a job in Impact Wrestling, which is kind of like when he got undrafted. Again. But it's actually been pretty entertaining with what they've done with with Impact the stipulation here is that if Rhino or Heath, either one, win this match, not only do they get the accolade of winning the match and then, then get a title shot of their choosing, you get to pick any title, they also, if either one of them win, Heath gets his contract. But if neither of them win, they're both gone from Impact Wrestling. So makes it kind of predictable. I don't think Heath's not getting a contract. I think he is getting a contract. The question is, is Rhino or Heath going to win? Rhino is also entering at number one uh, after last night's impact or this week's impact. Rhino uh, lost his match to, I think, Hernandez. Yes. Uh, Hernandez is going to be number whatever. He's going to be the last entrant. So either way, it's going to be probably Rhino or, or Heath. So. I wouldn't be surprised with that route either. But I'll tell you this. This this is actually similar to what AEW did in their first right in their first. Um, I think it was the Casino Battle Royal. It was one of the Battle Royals that they did. And I like the concept. It was a great idea. And honestly, I think I can definitely see Heath or Rhino getting this one. But let me tell you this. Let me let me pitch you this idea. How great would it be if both Heath and Rhino were to face each other in the in the last two? I think that'd be very interesting to see if like but like I say Heath will get the contract either way if they both were to go up against each other. 
So I think that just adds more to this to the intrigue there. I like that because when you think about it, you get down to the final two. Like you said, they both got the or now he's got his contract because one of them's going to win. Does he get how greedy does he get at that point? Does he want the title shot too? Because then you know, does that mean? Because everybody seems to think, and the booking said it: Are we going to have Rhino and Heath as a team again once Heath becomes a regular member of the Impact roster, or are we going to see Rhino versus Heath with a heel Heath? Or a heel rhino. Help. Or a heel rhino. You could see either one be interesting to see. So we'll see what happens. So Bound for Glory this Saturday on the uh, Fight TV app as well as pay-per-view providers out there. Check it out. Uh, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on it here at the uh, Other Guys Podcast and the Finishing Move. Follow us on Twitter at Russell Extra. You can follow me at Bearded Colwell. He's at Intern David 680 Also... Go subscribe to the podcast. If you're finding us on social media, go find us on your podcast platform. Subscribe to The Finishing Move on there, on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you listen to your shows on. Not only do you get this here podcast here, the other guys' podcast, you'll get The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches, and you'll get the live edition in podcast form as well every week coming to you on The Finishing Move. So that wraps it up for this week's edition of The Other Guys' Podcast. We'll be back in the future if they let us back. If security gets tighter, intern David may not be back. We'll see here. For now, he is still the intern of The Finishing Move. I am the Bearded Wrestling Fan, and until next week, we'll see you then. Peace.